Welcome to this week's Connect the Dots, an industry intelligence production. I'm your host, Alec Gaylord. Today's topic, drink it up, because the watery frontiers of bioscience have made undrinkable H2O into a potable thirst quencher. Can you say H2O my? For example, University of Copenhagen chemist Ji Wung Lee has invented a cutting-edge green technology that uses carbon dioxide to convert seawater into drinking water within minutes. Lee says, quote, It's a bit like using the soda stream machine that many people have in their kitchens, but instead of using the CO2 for bubbly carbonation, we use it to separate salt from water, end quote. In the laboratory setting, the method can theoretically remove 99.6% of the salt content in seawater. But Lee wants more testing outside the lab on a smaller scale. And the way to do that is to use water bottles outfitted with special filters made for outdoor activities. In the long term, the goal is to apply the technology on a much larger scale as an alternative to desalination plants. Lee adds, quote, People usually associate chemistry with things that pollute water. But by using the same technologies that we pollute it with, we can do just the opposite. And instead of emitting CO2, we put it to good use. End quote. Lee has a good point. It's a win-win. In fact, this much winning makes us thirsty already. Across the ever more drinkable ocean, the University of Michigan has received a $2 million National Science Foundation grant for turning diapers into devices to remove water-bound microplastics. The idea is to use the diapers' adhesives to capture the microplastics from wastewater. You may be surprised about where the majority of microplastic pollutants are coming from. According to Professor Ann McNeil, the lead researcher in the project, the majority of microplastics are from tiny fibers sloughed off from our clothes as they run through washing machines, and also from car tires as they wear against roads. But different types of microplastic show different degrees of adhesiveness. That means what sticks to polyethylene is very different from what sticks to polyester, which really only stuck around in the 70s anyway. McNeil says, quote, there's a lot of chemistry that's going to go into designing either the best all-purpose adhesive or engineering a multi-layer device, with each layer having a different adhesive that's optimized for a certain type of plastic, end quote. McNeil's team contends that the final design will be influenced, quote, by the turbulence of the water, end quote. Besides being a legit scientific consideration, doesn't the turbulence of water sound like a long-lost Tom Clancy book about submarines? And, just in case you're thinking that all this water research is handled by scientists unafraid of sewer-level grossness, consider this. Hollywood heavyweight Matt Damon is also on the frontier of water research. Water.org, a group he co-founded, recently partnered with clean water powerhouse Ecolab to enable access to sustainable water and improved sanitation in at-risk watersheds in India. So, yeah, there is a bit of glamour in making dirty water drinkable. Forget goodwill hunting, because nowadays it's more like good water drinking. Am I right, people? Back in Europe, Swedish green tech startup Mimbly has developed the Mimbox, a solution that can be connected to washing machines to recycle water, save energy, and capture microplastics. 
The company was spun off from the laboratory of Chalmers University in Gothenburg. In the initial stage, Mimbley's customers will be property owners, hotels, laundries, and cleaning companies. The Mimbox is currently rolled out to 22 of the largest property owners in the Nordic region as part of a pilot program. Company co-founder Isabella Palmgren says that the company will start industrial-scale production after the pilot tests. Besides achieving, quote, plastic-free water, Mimbox also says it can recycle up to 70% of the water used in washing machines. At that point, aren't Mimboxes really just re-washing machines? Heading down around the Mediterranean, you'll find Ben-Gurion University professor Sigal Abramovich on a beach in Israel. But Abramovich isn't on vacation. She is a professor of an esoteric subject called paleoceanography, and she is there to study seashells. Even though I can hardly pronounce the name of her science, what she does already sounds like a dream job. Abramovich is on a mission to encourage the world to monitor marine organisms' shells as indicators of ocean pollution. According to her, traditional monitoring methods can be insensitive to desalination pollution on marine ecosystems. Abramovich's research subjects are tiny shells known to scientists as foraminifera, another big word for those of you really into Scrabble. Apparently, foraminifera found on the ocean floor provide evidence of the pollution around them within their shell formation's growth increments, which are similar to tree rings. Abramovich says, quote, We have been able to quantify the amount of heavy metal pollution injected by the brine discharge from desalination plants across the Mediterranean coast of Israel, end quote. The professor is now working with an international network of oceanographers to encourage countries around the world to adopt regular foraminifera monitoring based on the methods developed in her lab. Consider this a seashell bombshell down by the seashore. Well, that's all for today's H2O My Tour. For Industry Intelligence, I'm Alec Gaylord, reminding you that everything you see and touch will eventually be washed away by water that'll need cleaning. Please visit our website at www.industryintel.com and check out our blog and podcast for more cool ideas. Have a great day, and keep the dots connected.